Hey, welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast focused on holistic health, nutrition, biohacking, and more. I'm your host, Brittany Ford, registered holistic nutritionist and self-proclaimed biohacker. During the last 10 years, I've focused on healing my gut and hormonal issues through lifestyle changes, nutrition, and of course, biohacks. And now I teach others to do the same. I'm so excited you're joining me today. So let's dive right in. Well, welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am super excited to have all of you joining me today, taking the time out of your busy schedules to tune in and listen. Um, It really does mean a lot to me every time I see all of you listening and hear reviews and get get your feedback. Um, Today, we're talking about fertility, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about, especially with an expert. Um, I'm not a fertility expert myself. I just have experience and have kind of some experience with my clients as well. So it's very cool to bring on somebody much more experienced than I am and to kind of pick her brain about it. So we have Leah Fitzgerald on the podcast with us today. She is the founder of the Fertility Health Clinic and is a functional medicine practitioner, which I love functional medicine. Um, I have thought about studying it myself. So (laughs) Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brittany. It's wonderful to be here and it's lovely to be speaking with your audience. So thank you. Yeah, you have such a beautiful accent, first of all, Um, and it's midnight where you are, and you're still willing to record this, which is just so nice. Absolutely. It's a pleasure, total pleasure. Yeah. So how did you first get started in fertility? Like, What kind of made you want to specialize in that field? Wow, that's an amazing question. So when I began um, working in this field way back in 2005, um, I I always felt that I was going to attract a specific client. So I had mm-hmm. no preconception, no ideas of, you know, what that client, who that client would be. Um, and when I began in clinic, I seemed to get a lot of women coming into me looking for advice on fertility. Um, which really interested me. I found it really, really fascinating. It was as a female, I suppose a lot of the, the the clients that were ringing were female. So as a female who was very much in tune with her body and who had had a number of gynae issues myself, I kind of, I knew where they were coming from pretty much straight away. And I, I was drawn into that sphere, you know, um, and it was wonderful to get that, you know, when you get a, a good result for somebody in the line of fertility, it's wonderful. You're not just getting a good result with their health, you're getting a wonderful result for their life. Um, now, what happened then a number of years later is, lo and behold, I, had, uh, I hadn't realized it would happen, but I ended up on my own fertility journey. Mm. So I was working in the field. I was helping women day in, day out, and men, but it was generally, as I say, the women that were coming in. Now, when women come in, of course, the male factor fertility issue has to be dealt with as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so here I found myself then facing a fertility journey myself. So I, you'll often hear me saying from practitioner to patient and back to practitioner. That was my journey. So I now know the, the, the road, the journey, the path and the therapy of fertility inside out. Um, and it's something that I will work with for the rest of my life. You know, I think I was I was supposed to have a fertility challenge, maybe to have a deeper understanding of what my clients were going through. 
Mm. And, you know, when you go through that challenge, you certainly get a really, really deep idea of what's going on. And it's easier to get advice from others. I, I found that myself, you know, I mean, I had all the knowledge and um, built up over years and years of practice. And when it came to myself and what I needed to do for my own fertility, I was, of course, blindsided, you know, and I was like a rabbit in headlights, not knowing which way to turn. But I was able to refocus and regroup and say, right, OK, you, you have the tools, you know what to do. And, you know, it's such a pleasure to be able to take that worry and pressure from others and say, you don't need to worry about this. You don't need to be going on to Dr. Google. I have your back on it. I know what to do for you. And let's get you, you know, on, on this journey in a really good way. Let's biohack that fertility, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And and you can hear how passionate you are. And of course, like you've also had your personal experience and you have your education. Um, but that's that's really important when working on something like fertility because it's so personal um, and people are so sensitive about it too. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a very, very touchy subject. And like, I completely understand why. So that's, yes, that's really you're, great. you're so right. And you know, even with myself, my own fertility journey, I kept it quiet for so long until somebody mm -hmm. said to me, you have to tell your clients, but I found it so difficult. And so I can see what fertility is. I don't know. Is it is it do we see it as a taboo? Is it something that we feel embarrassed about? We mm -hmm. shouldn't have any of those feelings. You know, fertility is um something that so many couples have an issue and a problem with. They're facing challenges. And the more um, transparent we are, the more help we can get. And there is so much help out there. I get very aggrieved for those who um, don't realize the help alongside orthodox medicine. There is another way as well. So for some people, the functional medicine model, which is another way of saying biohacking, really, you know, um, <laughs> the functional medicine model um We'll see where is function going wrong for you. Sometimes, like myself, I needed IVF. There was no two ways about it. I, I would not have gotten pregnant alone. And um, mm. for some, for some, they don't need IVF, but there is an integrative approach that can be so powerful. And I do get aggrieved for people who aren't introduced to this integrative approach. They've never been told that, you know, I mean, I'm I'm I, as I say to everybody, okay, give me three months of your life. It's not a long time. Let's mm -hmm. let's turn this story on its head. Let's let's produce the very best reproductive cells that we can. You know, let's get the best eggs, the best sperm, the best uterine environment. If you need to go down the route of IVF, let's hand those wonderful cells to your embryologist. If you don't know, if you don't need IVF, let those wonderful cells work to get you pregnant. You know, um. But when I see people failing to get pregnant and no help other than the orthodox model is offered to them, that that grieves me for, for people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Um, I mean, it, it's definitely increasing in popularity, but I don't think it's where, where it should be or where it could be. Um, are there common misconceptions that you hear about fertility from your patients or just from working in this field? 100% and the biggest misconception is that it's a woman's problem so mm. when, when clients come in to me um, it's it's 99% of the time it is the female who's who's picking up the phone and if there is a male partner the male partner is quite silent in the background now whose choice that is I don't know 
um, maybe the women are taking control of the situation. Um, but I often say, if I just, if you are just coming to me and if the male partner, if there is that male partner there and if they're not coming in, all I'm simply doing is gynae. That's all I'm doing. I'm just helping you with hormonal issues, gynae issues. It's not yeah. fertility because fertility is both male and female. If it's sperm donation, of course, that that side of things has already been taken care of. So, yes, of course, it's only the female I work on then. Um, so so the biggest misconception, misconception is that it is a female only issue because it's absolutely not. You're pretty much talking, you know, down the line, 50 50. Um, well, 40, 40, 20 percent. We don't know. Um, so. So, yeah. So that is one of the biggest misconceptions. Another misconception is kind of, you know, what am I doing wrong? You know, what have I done? What did I do in the past that might have, you mm. know, caused this? And of course, there are things in our environment and in our past that may have triggered a hormonal imbalance or may have maybe um, driving fertility challenges such as infection, inflammation, etc., um, a, a lack of specific biochemical components that are needed for uh, the proper functioning of the reproductive system. And these are the compo types of com components we can get from our nutrients. So, so there are you know, it's nobody's fault, and so, but sometimes things might be driving the fertility challenge. And I suppose my role and the role of therapists like myself is to find out what might be driving the challenge if nothing is jumping out. So they would be the main misconceptions, really. But I suppose the, the very main one, the one that is always an issue, is the female-only problem, because it absolutely mm -hmm. is not. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you're bringing that to light, um, both in the last year... Yeah, in the last year or so, both my partner and I have been tested for various things like hormones. Yeah. Um, and his sperm has been tested. And if, for the exact same reason of like, well, if I'm getting my fertility tested, then you should get yours tested because, you know, infertility, infertility in general is increasing for both males uh, and females. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. And and as I said, it's, it's kind of that 50-50 split almost. And um, mm -hmm. so if, if you're being tested and if everything is coming back fine, then you can't say, oh, we're OK. We're not. We both need to be tested and then yeah. we can say we're OK or we have a challenge. Right. Right. Do you have any recommendations for preconception, nutrition um, or just like wellness in general? Do I have any? I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose the first thing to, to think to ourselves is that, we'll talk about egg health first I think we'll talk about biohacking that egg health because mm -hmm. it's a little bit more complex than the male factor and but both I mean the advice I'm giving now is for both um but I just talk in general about the egg health so I suppose it's easy to assume that that oocyte which is our our, our maturing our developing egg and um, when it's developing in the follicle you know it, it's easy to think that it's removed from changes in the external environment and that it's very protected we wish it's really not it, it does you you know you can affect it negatively or positively um while it is still in your ovary and at any given time there are little groups of oocytes that are maturing um, and during this time chromosomal replication of dna is occurring and the main thing we need to try and do is influence those eggs that haven't yet been selected for maturation. So if we can influence the ones that haven't yet started that chromosome, chromosomal replication, 
um, we are in a really good place because we can say, right, if we get the right ingredients in and the right environment, if we biohack correctly in the space of about a three to four month window, there is so much that we can do, you know, which mm -hmm. is absolutely wonderful. Um, so there are a number of things that I would do. First of all, the first thing I would do is I would ask my clients to get a list of specific blood tests. OK, for example, your vitamin D status. Vitamin D is so important. First of all, it's now becoming recognized as a vitamin. Well, it's a, it's a hormone, really. It's not a vitamin. It's a, it's a vitamin like hormone, we'll say. Um, mm -hmm. And vitamin D is really becoming um, quite a striking element with regards to fertility so I always say to any of my clients going vitamin d is the number one that we have to get tested and I like the vitamin d status to be quite high so now not only for pregnancy and for for fertility but when they if you know hopefully mum gets pregnant and um towards the end of pregnancy that's when we see that mum's vitamin d starts to deplete now is there a link between vitamin d and postnatal depression very possible. So we need to make sure that for fertility um, and for that for that um, postnatal stage as well, vitamin D for mum should be really, really robust. Um, so the first thing I would do, and I know this is something now that will probably um, feed into yourself, I would look at digestive health. And I know you have a history of digestive health yourself, Brittany, that mm -hmm. this kind of started you on your on your road to, to, you know, all of this health advice that you give out. So the very first thing I would say to anybody is if you have digestive disorders, this is something that we need to look at because there's a there's a, a saying you are what you eat and I say no you are actually what you absorb and if you're not absorbing your nutrients correctly you're you're likely to be lacking in specific nutrients that are needed to produce really good eggs really good sperm etc so the first thing we do is we'd say right okay let's take off the list any of the triggers that we know um, can cause digestive issues, such as have I been using antibiotics, the oral contraceptive pill, other drugs? Do I eat too quickly? Do I eat on the run? Is my diet high in sugar? Now, sugar is a really important one. So for anybody listening, the minimizing our, our fast glucose sugars, which would be your white breads, your white rice, your white pastas, um, you know, your cakes, your pastries, etc. These are the things we really want to minimize because the the after effects or the, the molecules produced from sugar, from glucose, um, has an effect on egg quality. And it has an effect on, um, if you're going through IVF, it has an effect on the amount of eggs that can be um, produced and harvested and the quality of them. So sugar is the first nutritional bit of advice I would give you. And... Um, because I'm a functional medicine practitioner, it's not just all about uh, nutrition for me. It's about, you know, what's driving, what might be driving issues. So look at, you know, have you any infections? If there are any infections going on in the body, these do need to be dealt with because infections have a knock-on effect, of course, on the immune system and the immune function has a knock-on effect on reproductive function. Mm. Um, so if you have any infections, any viruses, parasites, anything like that, you would be looking at trying to get a handle on them. OK, um, so and again, go through your diet. Are they are, is your diet deficient in anything? Have you gaps between meals? Because all of these things and things like stress and stimulants, they all have an, they all have a knock on effect on your digestive function. Now, digestive function is important for two reasons. 
number one it helps you get your nutrients etc but number two digest your some of your hormones are eliminated from the body via um, the bowel okay now for example estrogen if estrogen um is it's it's tied to a molecule and that's it that's sitting in your bowel waiting for transit out of the body that's one of the ways um that estrogen can leave the body if you have a, a slow digestive function and if estrogen is sitting in the bowel for longer than normal, there are specific um, bacteria in the gut that can untie estrogen from its carrier. And then that estrogen can be reabsorbed and quite a, it can be quite a neurotoxic form, which can drive the likes of PMS, etc. in women. Um, so digestive function is so important to get the nutrients into your body, but also to get waste products plus estrogen out of the body in a correct fashion. If it's sluggish, you mightn't be absorbing your foods properly and you might be reabsorbing a slightly more toxic form of estrogen. So that's why like when clients come to me and they leave with the digestive function program, they're like, Leah, I came in looking for fertility. And I'm like, yeah, this is the foundation. And without mm -hmm. the foundation of digestive health and liver health and immune health being put in place, um, you know, we're kind of starting with one arm behind our backs. So it's really, really important to have digestive health, liver health and immune health and um, put in place. And, you know, we support, we biohack, we support via lifestyle and nutrition. The main lifestyle factor would be de-stressing, okay? De-stressing and infection control. These are the main lifestyle factors. And if we can get a handle on them, we're halfway there. And then dietary issues would be obviously in there as well. Um, and together, all of these then will begin to balance our hormone function. And for some women, this is really, Brittany, all they might need, you know, um, mm -hmm. which is absolutely wonderful. So so then you were saying about nutrition um, tips. And again, this is very much the functional medicine um, way of looking at things in order to really target yourself nutritionally you need to have sight of things like what's my vitamin b12 status like what's my iron status like what's my homo what are my homocysteine levels these are all things that we need to look at um you know as part of the wider picture with regards to nutrition it's really quite basic it really is plenty of good protein so when i say good clean protein i'm talking about the likes of fish chicken pulses nuts seeds um you know, quinoa, the, the, the good clean proteins, do you recognize it? Is it heavy? Is it a saturated fatty acid type food like the heavy red meats, etc.? If it is, park that for a while. We're looking at good clean proteins. Um, you're looking at your green leafy vegetables are really important for um, phase one of your liver detoxification, which is the, the phase that um, begins detoxing your hormones we want to always detox our hormones really really well in order to benefit that reproductive function so your green if you can if you can if i can only tell you a few things today it's have protein with every meal and snack with at least one meal a day have a good strong green leafy um, vegetable salad and um, and have a good fat with every meal and snack as well now a good fat comes through your nuts and your seeds your avocado your fish fish no more than two to three times a week and always try and get the fish that are slightly further down the um food chain because the bigger and more robust the fish we know that it has eaten lots of other fish and it is all of those fish's methyl mercury 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want to be bringing so much of that into the body. So if you go for the smaller fish and oily fish are wonderful as well. But again, no more than two to three times a week for the fish. Um, so when it comes to vegetables and fruit, the main thing is, you know, we've all been taught. Well, I know here in Ireland we have, and um, you know, eat your five portions a day. And you'd hear the saying, that's my one of five today, or I've had two of five today. But actually, we should be up around seven to nine portions of fruit and veg. But at least, so two, no more than two to three of those um, should be fruit. I would try and minimize it to two, actually. And the rest should be your vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, eat the rainbow. And that's so important. And the main reason we look at eating the rainbow is because all of the different colors in our foods are coming from antioxidants. So the wider variety of colors you have, you know you're eating a wider variety of antioxidants. And antioxidant therapy and support is vital for egg and sperm health and for the health of that uterine environment as well. And this is what we're trying to do the whole time is create a really healthy environment for implantation but also create those wonderful cells, the egg, which is the largest cell in the body, and your sperm, okay? So eating the rainbow is absolutely one of the most wonderful things to do. So don't ever slip into hunger. That's another thing, because once you slip into hunger, you are setting up, um, I suppose, a a, a loop of um, releasing cortisol in the body, because cortisol is there to, to... it's there when, when you slip into hunger, it helps you release stored sugar. So sugar that's stored in your liver or your muscles um, to give the brain the fuel that it needs so that we can, you know, continue living and, you know, being, you know, alert, etc. But when you release cortisol, you're releasing glucose and um, and you want to keep control of that glucose. So don't slip into hunger. Stress and stimulants also help you release cortisol. So minimize stress. Eat when you get up in the morning within about a half an hour of of, um, of waking. A lot of people begin their morning with a nice shot of caffeine. That's a double stimulant. So you have your caffeine and you're not eating. So you are going to be releasing cortisol. And that has that knock-on effect of, of, um, of releasing glucose, which also has a knock-on effect, of course, of, of insulin being released as well. So mm-hmm. eat within a half an hour of getting up in the morning. Um, keep very well hydrated at least two and a half liters of water for women well two to two and a half and an extra half liter for men um, eat um, protein and fats with every meal and snack and I mean those that protein and fats like this could be something like um, peanut butter on a bit of fruit or something like that um, or on an oat cake etc don't slip into hunger keep to lean proteins and remember, when you're creating hormones, when you're creating um, your egg and your sperm, sperm, we do need protein. Okay, the building blocks of, mm-hmm. of these are proteins. We do need them and we do need fats. I would often have women, again, mainly coming into clinic and they are saying, Leah, you will be so thrilled with me. I'm on a no-fat, low-fat diet. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> gosh, how am I going to tell them? How am I going yeah. to break it to them that that's going out the window because they are going on a, on a, on a diet with fat in it? Um, good fats you know so that we can make and produce those wonderful hormones that we need so then so that would be that would be just a very basic idea of nutrition and then um you know for some of us we might need to consider supplementing again as i said earlier it's not necessarily about you are what you eat it's about you are what you absorb 
And for some of us, we're not absorbing that well. So gut health, we need to control. And then we might need to supplement for a while. Rule of thumb is to supplement for approximately three months. And after that, your food should be taking over. That's rule of thumb, though. So I would consider supplementing then with vitamin D um, to bring your vitamin D status up. Most people will should be testing their vitamin D levels. I know here in Ireland, because of where we're situated, we only get the, 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 the sun is only at a specific height in the sky from kind of the end of May until September. So that's mm-hmm. the only time we can get our vitamin D. But hey, listen, this is Ireland. It's often raining and cloudy. So we mightn't be getting those rays at all. And also, if you have like if you're out in the sun and if you have factor on, if you go over factor of seven or eight and you're not going to be synthesizing your vitamin D. So I'm a great believer in shoulders and arms for 10 or 20 minutes in the sun, if you can. And plus supplementing with vitamin D if you're low. I would also look at coenzyme Q10, which is um, very necessary for male and female fertility. You know, I think it's probably more researched in male fertility because Q10 is... Um, Q10 is produced in the mitochondria in our cells and it produces molecules of energy and the tail of the sperm has many thousands of mitochondria as does the egg and we need those eggs and sperm to produce as much energy as possible in order for that DNA replication and in order for the powerful swimming of the sperm which we need. So coenzyme Q10 is really, really important. Now, one problem with coenzyme Q10 is that you can't always um, um, absorb the levels and high levels of it. So I like to break up um, to kind of one to 200 mgs of Q10. I like to break that up into chunks. So for example, if you were to go on 600 mgs of Q10, I would say try and split that into three throughout the day if possible sometimes it's not possible at all and that's fine too um just one other thing actually a couple of other things and Brittany please stop me if I'm rambling (laughs) (laughs) it's okay it's okay you're you're answering all of my questions (laughs) oh wonderful wonderful because I do tend to kind of you know keep talking when I start um so just another couple of things that I want to very quickly say to get your homocysteine levels checked if your homocysteine levels which is part of a routine blood test um if they're elevated that in some women that might show now not necessarily but it might show that they might have an issue with metabolizing folic acid now folic acid is obviously the synthetic form of folate um which is uh, vitamin b9 so if that's an issue for a woman, now you know you'd need to t- take some very extensive testing to discover whether or not it is. But one little hack is seeing if homocysteine is high, am I having a problem metabolizing and using my folic acid? If that's the case, a lot of women are do a lot better taking methylfolate, okay, which is um, already in its kind of bioavailable form. Now, what I would say there as well, and I always err on the side of caution, is that we do know that a lot of the research studies have been done on folic acid. Okay, so I would always say if you feel you have an issue with absorbing or at least with metabolizing your folic acid and you want to switch over to methylfolate, I would actually take both. I would always say to my ladies, take both because, you know, something we do know a lot of the research is done on folic acid. So why why take that out of the equation? 
I know here in Ireland, and I'm sure it's the same in the US and, uh, you know, in other parts of the world, that it's 400 mcg folic acid is the recommendation. Uh, for a lot of my women, I say to them, you know what, we need to double that. So you can still take your methylfolate and your folic acid at the same time. Um, omega-3, of course, is very important. But one other one that is rarely talked about, and this is especially um, for anybody going through IVF, uh, vaginal probiotics because we have a um, yeah we have a specific microbiome in the vaginal tract the reproductive tract um, and you know it's often something that we don't talk about a lot of women don't even know it we're all very familiar with the um, digestive tract issues with regards to probiotics and bacteria good and bad etc but we forget that yeah we have that we have colonies in the in the vaginal tract as well so vaginal probiotic strains are there are a number of specific strains that we should be taking but these are seeming to be really really interesting for anybody going through ivf so there i would advise anybody who is struggling with fertility issues or going through ivf to really have a look at um, a vaginal probiotic taken orally so um so i've given a lot of information there now i'm <laughs> i'm hoping you're still still <laughs> listening <laughs> yeah no of course i i really just value you know what you say and and your experience um yeah, and I've I've definitely dabbled with a lot of those things. Like even myself, when I was trying intermittent fasting for so long, yeah. um, and not having breakfast in the mornings, like that definitely messed with my hormones and messed with my cycle. Um, not that I was trying to get pregnant, but it still created irregular cycles for me. So I've become very aware of the timing of food, and it's hard because like I don't necessarily feel hungry in the morning. But yeah. I understand that my body might need food. And, and so it's just kind of like balancing that and learning how to listen to your body and not just like drink a bunch of caffeine and suppress it. Absolutely. You're so right. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a big meal. It could be a very simple snack, but something that gives your body that fuel that it needs in that moment without it having to revert to cortisol. I'd love to quickly interrupt this podcast to ask you, do you know your biological age? Do you know your current hormone, vitamin, and mineral levels? Honestly, it's hard to know what's going on internally without getting tested. And traditionally, you'd have to go through your doctor or your healthcare provider to order these tests, go into a lab, and it would be a whole ordeal. Um, and it would, <laughs> it would take a while as well. For me personally, this has always been a hurdle for understanding what is actually going on and how to optimize my biomarkers and even know my biological age in the first place. Thankfully, though, we can order a at-home test from Inside Tracker that lets us do this. It tests for your biological age, your hormone, mineral, and vitamin levels. This is a very, very comprehensive test that lets you get a ton of data from a single kit without having to go to a doctor or go to a lab or really leave your house. If you're looking for the ultimate blood test, try Inside Tracker, which includes testing 43 different biomarkers and the option to test your inner age and your DNA. You can use my discount code BiohackingBrittany for 25% off all of their products, and you can go through there uh, through the link in my show notes or my website and get tested today. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it's kind of like looking for alternatives um, and and what can we do? And I, you know, when I was reading through your work, I, I noticed you also do work um, with women and with couples around miscarriage as well. And yeah. of course, that's again, like a very, very sensitive, sensitive topic. Um, do you have different recommendations for a woman when she goes through miscarriage compared to like preconception recommendations? Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, to the loss of a much loved pregnancy is so, so difficult. So it's such a it's such a sensitive area to be working in. It's a it's um, an honor to work there as well and for women and couples to trust me in that situation. So with those who have gone through miscarriage um. The main thing I would be looking at there is, you know, we need to look a lot deeper at what's going on with the thyroid, what's going on with the adrenal glands, but mainly mainly the thyroid, what's going on with um, infection, etc. But what is going on with egg health, egg health and sperm health, it all really comes back to that as well. Because, you know, if you have an egg that is abnormal, now a lot of women test, not necessarily here actually in Ireland, but I know in the US a lot of women do test, um, if they're going through IVF, they get their eggs tested to see, you know, what grading those eggs might be. Um, so the first thing you have to do is say, right, okay, with regards to miscarriage, it's often because the egg wasn't um, healthy. Okay, and a, a healthy egg will rarely, it, it doesn't always fertilize. If it does fertilize, it doesn't always implant. If it does implant, it it's often resulting in an early miscarriage. Mm. So some like a lot of women will experience a miscarriage. Um, you know, it's something that would be wonderful if we, if we could talk about it a little bit more. And for me, if you come into me and if you've had two, three miscarriages, I, I have to first of all look at all your bloods, see what's going on there, and then see, okay, first things first, let's have a look at egg health. What do I feel might be compromising egg health for this woman? Um, let's look at sperm health. What might be compromising sperm health? I look at their cycle to see whether or not, um, I mean, you know, I suppose this is more for implantation, whether or not that second phase of the cycle is too short because that shows that there's an issue with progesterone if a woman does have um a history of if we're tracking her cycle and she has a history of that luteal phase seems to be shorter the whole time that's the phase between ovulation and your period and if that phase is shorter than the norm you know is it that this woman has a problem with progesterone in general and progesterone of course is our hormone of pregnancy and if you're going through IVF, you're generally on progesterone um, medication until approximately week 12 when the placenta should take over. So for some women, if their progesterone is quite low, you know, and if they haven't been tested for it, that might be one of the driving factors. So there's a number of things that, that you have to look at when it comes to fertility. Um, mm -hmm. And then you, I suppose you don't reinvent the wheel at all when it comes to the, the therapy that can be offered. But you do need to look at triggering and driving factors. Sometimes it might be endocrine disruptors, you know, and maybe there's a lot of um, chemical exposure. Is there something else in the environment that is the exposure? And again, the thyroid. I always come back to thyroid function. We have to see what's going on. And it's no good for me for someone to be told that their thyroid function is within range because we know that people fall outside range. Um, and as well, basic thyroid um, testing isn't deep enough. So we do need to go deeper and get really specific tests done for that thyroid function. 
And then there's an axis called the OAT axis, which is ovarian thyroid, ovarian adrenal thyroid. And I often refer to it as like a three-legged stool. And if each of the legs of that stool are balanced, you can sit on it and you're fine. Whereas if one of those legs is imbalanced, the rest of it will be imbalanced. So if the thyroid is out, if there's an issue with the adrenals, you know, is the knock-on effect something that's happening then in the reproductive system? So it's very much looking at it from that functional medicine viewpoint. You're looking to see, you know, where is function going wrong within this body and how can I help return function to it? Um, and mm. then the therapy that's offered isn't pharmaceutical therapy, even though, of course, as I said at the beginning, I welcome that as well. But the therapy that I would put in would would not be pharmaceutical. It would be therapies that would be more aligned to the natural natural medicines. Um, but yeah, so that that's where I would right. be with those with miscarriage. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, do you have specific recommendations if? ovulation is delayed so maybe the second half of the cycle is you know 14 days and is normal but the first half is just longer um and there's like a lack of not necessarily an ovulation but more of just like prolonged ovulation yeah sure so i suppose you know we were always told that the cycle is you know women women have a 28 day cycle and it can be anything from 21 to 36 days really maybe even slightly longer for some and um, so that first, so we take the woman, the average 28 days. So you're looking at with that woman in and around day 14 should be when you ovulate. Now, for some women, they might naturally ovulate later. And um, so it can be easy to miss ovulation. And for others, as you said, they might they, they might not ovulate. So there could be a number of reasons. And um, I suppose, you know, our stress levels fluctuate. And we do know that specific stress hormones can interrupt ovulation. So you would need to look at that. And um, some, you know, we, we do miss ovulation anyway. In general, it's not it's, it's something hugely outrageous to think of it because we, we do miss it sometimes. Um, but there could be many things feeding into it. And I suppose one of the main things for women is to, you said it yourself, listen to what your body is saying. There are signs that show you you're getting ready for ovulation. Um, mm. And these, I suppose, the main ones would be would be look, tracking your mucus, tracking your cycle, tracking your mucus. Mm. And if mucus seems to be missing for you, some medications um, dry, dry up the cervical mucus. Okay, so... So that could be an issue, but now you might still be ovulating. But if you are and if your mucus is missing, it doesn't matter if you're ovulating because, you you know, you will have a problem trying to get pregnant because the sperm won't be able to get through. Um, but one of the main things to do would be to say to yourself, right, look for the signs of ovulation. If they're not there, then check the bloods. Um, is estrogen, you know, is, is estrogen strong enough? Is your um, luteinizing hormone, you know, is that strong enough? What's actually happening? What's happening in the cycle? Mm-hmm. So um, so for some women, they'll know when they're ovulating. For others, they won't know. Then I'd say to them, well, let's look at the clues. Let's give it a while looking at the clues. And if the clues don't come back with anything, you're looking at testing. And then if there is an issue with ovulation, then you're saying, right, okay, where? what's driving that issue? Is it, is it too little estrogen? Is it too much progesterone? You know, what's happening? Where is the imbalance? And then it comes all the way back then to trying to, to balance the hormones. So when we say balancing hormones, it sounds very across the board. One thing fits all, but it's not. There are specific 
things that we need to do in order to balance estrogen, etc., and progesterone. And I suppose one of, the, again, a very basic tip, one of the main things to balance hormones and maybe in particular even progesterone is to minimize the Western style diet and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. so and we, I think we all know what that western diet and lifestyle is so you know if there's only one thing you can do it's minimize that to begin with mm-hmm. yeah I love that um I find that very very interesting of course it's like harder it's harder to follow for every single day for a lot of people um yeah because it's it's just difficult right like you get caught up in work and a family and then you go out for dinner and then you're having drinks and like deep fried chicken and like all of these different things and so yeah and And you know what and there's a great rule the 80 20 rule if you can Mm -hmm. be good 80 percent of the time forgive yourself for the 20 you're not good you know yeah exactly exactly um and also just like bringing in balance even in your lifestyle right like spending yeah. time on the weekends resting and doing nothing and not feeling like you need to work on the weekends or, you know, clean the house on the weekends or like just go, go, go all the time. Um, yeah. 100%. Just, yeah. And you know, I'm a great believer, Brittany, in what is, you know, food for the soul, what feeds your soul and mm. are you neglecting it? You know, I mean, it could be something so simple. It could be maybe you're an artist maybe you like to to draw but you're so focused on your career you've forgotten that part of you maybe you like to bake maybe you like to walk barefoot Mm. what feeds your soul and don't ever neglect that part of you and that is you know if you can say right for if I can get rid of one busy thing that I know isn't benefiting me and bring in one thing to feed my soul you know you're kind of on that road towards that better health anyway in general and with that comes better hormone health I love that. I love that. That's it's so easy to just let that go and and not place importance on those things that actually make us feel really good. Yeah. Um because we kind of are on everyone else's time, you know, like always answering emails and notifications and doing all of these things all the time. So it's I really That's like that advice. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I try I try to follow it myself. You know, it's not yeah. always easy as you say. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, same. And I'm the same way with my clients too, is, you know, it's easy to make these recommendations, but I also want to do everything that I'm recommending. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of self-discipline and awareness. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And you know what, we can also make those good habits an absolute habit you know and say mm-hmm. like we've we've all fallen into the answering the emails as you say looking at our notifications on our phones and that's a habit and we can yeah. we can also create really good habits yeah exactly replace them with better options yeah. so if people are interested in working with you um or reading more about your work where can they find you absolutely so i'm at leahfitzgerald.com so leah is spelled really strangely so it's the <laughs> irish spelling and it's l-i-a-d-h so leahfitzgerald.com i'm on instagram and that's simply at leah fitzgerald and you'll get me on facebook at fertility health or you can look up fertility health clinic so um so yeah but leah if you just type in leah fitzgerald you'll find me no problems and you know i 
in in uh, January 2022, I'm opening, I'm beginning a new digital fertility business. Um, mm. So I will be offering my fertility programs worldwide in group settings, which is I'm so excited for it because I think COVID, which was and is still is such a such an awful experience for all of us. It showed me that um, I don't necessarily needs to be one-on-one -on -one in clinic i can offer my programs worldwide so that was and that's all i want to do i just want to help people get pregnant and stay pregnant oh i love that um that's awesome i will definitely put all of those links in the show notes and on my website so people can find you and connect with you and i know this is like a topic so close to many people and i really hope they reach out so that they can get your support and your help wonderful i hope they do too and i'm here all the time to help amazing well thank you so much again for taking your time um to come on the podcast today thank you Brittany. it was wonderful i enjoyed myself thank you so much thank you so much for tuning in today as always feel free to screenshot this episode and tag me if you'd like me to respond i really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new if you have a question about your health, my DMs are always open and I'm currently taking new clients. Thanks and see you next time. Thanks.